Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. We are thrilled to have you back joining us for part two of Shameless Plugs. And as you guys know, we are the worst salesmen on the planet. That's part of the reason that you're here, because (laughs) you are very probably sick of influencers trying to sell you crap all the time. And we never do that. But we are going to take these two episodes to talk to you about things that are passion projects for us or ways Mm. that you can support us in creativity and in work. But before we get into that, because today is Miss Tiffany Bloom, and I'm very excited to celebrate, celebrate her and tell you all the fun things that she's doing. Um, We want to talk about where adults buy clothing because Tiffany, I don't know if you guys follow her on Instagram, but she definitely posted about this. (laughs) Um, Please tell us the people's responses. Where are they shopping these days? And of course, I have some thoughts, but I would like to hear what you discovered. So here's the thing, Ashley. I am not great at buying clothes online. I'm not great because I won't return it. Like I have no bone in my body that says be responsible and go to the post office or the pickup or whatever you're supposed to do, I will 120% not do it. So I like to still, like the olden days, go in and try on clothes. But I don't live in a large enough city. I don't have a Zara. I don't got no mango. I don't got... (laughs) What is mango? Is that a thing? (gasps) Yeah, see, I believe it started in Spain. It was huge in London. But it's it's similar to Zara, except a little bit lower price point and still responsible ethical shopping. Okay. You should check it out. I think you'd really like it. Nice. Um, a little brighter, though. Like, they've got some fun. The, the South Asian in me comes out when I'm on yeah. the Mango website. It's real fun. Um, I'm also 5'1", y'all. I am uh-huh. not a tall girl. And right. so I'm having so much trouble. I will say, though, I we just got to give a quick shout out to Miss Tabitha Brown with her line at Target right now. It's gorgeous. So incredible. At my Target, it's right when you walk in. It's the first display. You see it's huge. takes up a whole corner. And my target did not get it. (gasps) I made a formal. Yeah, we get everything. And I I, I made a formal complaint (gasps) to the manager. I'm like, this is so unacceptable. This is so unacceptable. But you're in California and it's super (sighs) fun summer clothes. Literally the words that came out of my mouth were, this is Los Angeles. I don't understand why it's not everywhere. (laughs) Like she lives there. Hello. She lives within 100 miles of your target. I'm convinced. Anyway. What? <laughs> I am so sorry. Oh, I wish I would have done a, I wish I would have like done a story when I was in there. The display is just outstanding. I'm, I'm sure she had a great hand in that. It is just, I mean, it is a free magazine right when you walk up to it's it. It's the best. It was so, it's so beautiful. And I will tell you, our Target didn't have her accessories because she created some earrings and that's what I was most, ex- I wanted to buy some for myself, some as gifts and they, they didn't have any. Like, not even like, hey, we sold out and here was the rack where they were. They just weren't, they weren't carrying them. So that must be in bigger stores. I don't know. I don't know. But it was great. So Tabitha aside, I literally don't know where to buy clothes. Here's the thing, you guys. I still want the back. I still want the back of the shirt to be there. The big situation of the hole in the back. First of all, you don't want to see what's going on back there. You don't even want to see what's going on back there. Okay, I got all kinds of back acne and, you know, the rolls that fluff up under my bra. You just like that's not for public viewing is really what I'm trying to tell you. So no one needs that. So I'd like to. So here here I went to the TJ Maxx, which I know you hate the TJ Maxx. And I just apparently keep putting myself through this and then come away empty handed. 
But I went to the TJ Maxx and I thought to myself, surely they are going to have some like, I need the high-waisted because I'm real short, real long, flowy maxi dresses. Because mm-hmm. as a short person, I have very long legs and a very short torso. Mm. I'm very disproportionate. So I like things that, uh, that really are, you know, kind of start right up under uh, at the top of your rib cage. So it kind of flows <laughs> out, makes me look as long as possible. Because that's, that's what makes me feel like a goddess. And I'm sticking with it. all that to say. Everyone I found either had that, like, you know, the back of baby jeans, <laughs> the little, like, the tight stuff on the back of baby jeans. You know what I'm talking about? No. Yeah, you do. The, like, um, elastic where you can see it's elastic on the back. Oh, it's, like, yes. crunched. Yes, it's, of like, course. scrunched up. Yes. That's all they had. They had those where it was, like, scrunched up over wait, your... Wait, for gr- adult pants? Uh, no, for, like, a grown women's dresses. I'm like, sorry, over wait. Your, over your elastic chest. Elastic in the back of a dress? Yes, girl. I don't understand. Like, what does that even look like? I I mean, I literally can't picture it. Okay, well, I'll send you a picture. But it is a mess (laughs) is what it is. Because guess what? I graduated from Oshkosh Bagosh many, many moons ago. Yes. And I don't need it making a comeback in my 30s. So, And then it's my whole back. And I I am gifted in the front in the way that God made me. And so you need, I mean, I need, like, support. I mean, I want some, like duct tape style support for the back of my dresses and this is not what tj maxx had to offer me and i literally was like how is this america how is this how is this part of the human existence that i have to go multiple places and then find things that either show my belly or my back or another part of myself that i mean am i is this who i am i like so prude that i just don't want to i don't know i don't know what the problem is i really don't want to show my back knee and i really don't want to show my stretch marks so i just feel like we need i don't know if we split the difference i don't know what we do yeah i mean but, that's part of why i had to just like i don't shop at places like tj maxx or marshall's or ross's and i'm not saying that as like a snob who has like an unlimited budget and can buy everything in anthropology i'm just saying like because i'm six two yeah and because they get everything trendy that nobody bought, then that <gasps> means it's not going oh, to work. Like they get no, overstocked <laughs> things. They don't get things that are like, hey, you this want. is great for everyone. It's like, look, this style seven jeans didn't sell out. And you put it on, you're like, obviously it didn't because <laughs> these don't work for anyone. And they don't work. that's not going to happen. And then, no, I don't need this t-shirt that is really doesn't fit you know, a tween and it's in the yeah. women's section size large. In the women's. Like, it's just, so I can't shop Gosh. at any of those places. I just gave it up. Every now and then I can do a little something with a Nordstrom rack because the way that they group their brands, I feel That's is helpful. not only less overwhelming, but you're like, okay, I know this brand generally works for me. It's mm-hmm. probably going to be a crappy t-shirt that nobody liked, but I'll try yeah. it, you know, but the I, other I'm, places they're garbage. Garbage. Yeah. And I'm I more think, miss than win with Nordstrom Rack. I don't seem to strike gold. Right. No, I get it. I don't get very much there. Usually pants or like shoes are great for me at Nordstrom mm. Rack. If I need a new purse, that's perfect. Yeah, something Possibly like that. Possibly a dress. Purse. But if you're going just for like everyday clothing, I totally see what you mean. Because it's, yeah. again, it's all it's overstock stuff. So Yeah. And like you, I don't love trends. I like no. a very chic French girl, your standard whites, beige, camel, black jean that's about it that's what i like yeah. and with a pop of color on a lip you know what i'm saying yeah so i i told derek i was like i think i'm gonna have to start doing this whole online grab a bunch of things and then mm-hmm. just send back what doesn't work i think i'm gonna actually have to face my fears of the post office this and is it's, what it's honestly super simple to send stuff back like 
I shop a lot of things online. Um, I like ASOS. I like this place called American Tall that Sarah Bessie wrote about in one of her mm. Substacks. And they're all the clothing are for like people over six feet. So that's like, you never <gasps> that's get so that. Cool. I know. Wow. It's phenomenal. That's um, and I'll do the same thing with Anthropology. They had their big sale that was like 40% off the sale rack. And you oh had my to be gosh. careful because if it ended in 9.5, then you couldn't, it was final sale. You couldn't send it back. But oh. anything that didn't end in 9.5, you could, you could exchange. And so anytime I've had to take things back, it hasn't been so overwhelming. But I know what you mean. I hate returning things too. Mm. It drives my husband crazy because I will let it sit for like two months before I'll return it. <laughs> like so do you do a lot online then? You do a lot online. Clothes? I do do a lot of clothes oh. online. Yes. Or Target, frankly. I love Target clothes. Like I think they're great. And um, they have, you know, great stuff. If you need like sporty kind of looks or if you want yeah. some simple basics, like tank tops or T-shirts, I think the they universal do a really good thread. Job. Yeah, Who, what, where? Awesome. I think that's what it's called or whatever. Their fancier they're. line. Yeah, it's got some it's good stuff like that you feel like will and... go the distance. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But I'm with you. It's hard to I think it's also just a middle age thing. Like you hit your <sighs> mid 30s and then that run from 35 to 50. There's like really not a lot of stylish stuff out there unless you have a lot of money. And it's, mm-hmm. and if, if you don't have a lot of money, then you have to be a certain body type for yep. things to look good on you from 35 to 50. So they I really don't this. cater to you. Um, you know, and I feel like somebody out there. Listen, oh, people are loving fashion, this. You know it. You I know, know it. Because it's true. It's like, who's going to make clothes for that for that bracket of 35 yeah, to 50? Also, we're the ones who have money. Types. 35 to 50, we okay. have a few dollars. We do. We're not Shoot. rich, but we got some cash that, like, we, we don't want cash. to shop at, you know, and pay $9 for a pair of jeans anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, those days are dead. So, those like, make something for us. <laughs> yes. And something that will last because we don't want to do this yes. very often. <laughs> I agree. I'm um, so, uh, in my DMs, a, a, a lot of people responded. I was shocked that, that that something as silly as, you know, burlap sacks at Target would <laughs> elicit such a response versus something serious. But isn't that how Instagram goes? Anyway, yep. a lot of people recommended Zara, Old Navy, um, ASOS, as you said. Uh, Old Navy, again, just the height thing. It doesn't, it's not a fit for me. Yeah, same. Um, definitely not built for people. My, I think it's more of like the 5'5 five, five to 5'10. Five, I feel like can really thrive at Old Navy. That's I don't, a, I, I think Old Navy is very bad. Like everything it's I not put for on me. looks like a tent. Yeah. I'm just like, a tent, I don't know an actual what is tent. going on. Like yeah. who people love it, these though. things? It's very hard. Yeah. Doesn't yeah, work for me. not for me. <laughs> I'm also very stressed about being in an Old Navy. <laughs> Well, because it just feels like, <laughs> I got to get my stuff and get out of here. Like, that's yeah. the vibe of the store. Ooh. And it's set up like a TJ Maxx, but it's not. So it's also confusing your brain. Like, you don't know where Yeah, my brain can't do it. Yeah, I agree. I will tell you, though, back when they did the free balloons, my kids were like, can we just get through this so I can get my balloon and get out of here? Yeah. And now I'm like, and now the balloon's not even the dangling carrot, so I now have no reason to put myself through that. So, no. The answer's no. Uh, it's good to know, though, that even – because you do probably have more options than me if you had – into the city um and if i want to like bucket up and spend the 35 minutes to drive to downtown seattle i'm sure i could and find something great but i like how 35 minutes is just a real barrier for you it is basically a whole day's trip okay because (laughs) 35 minutes is not a whole day it's a whole day Because I can get there in 35, but it's going to take me an hour and a half to get home. Maybe that's why. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Yeah. though that makes sense to me. (laughs) You guys, this woman will drive 35 minutes for a coffee. She'll drive 35 minutes for a bagel and or donut. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I also just want to say, forgive me if I've already brought this up on why, though. But, um, yeah, I believe I have, but it's worth repeating, is that 
I was informed over a decade ago that you do not eat out of food trucks, but it right. appears that under certain circumstances and or inspection, you will eat from said food trucks. Is this correct? I told you repeatedly that I only eat from two food trucks. Oh, it's two. And that is burnt to a crisp, which is a Texas brisket quesadilla that will oh. make your head pop off your body. And <laughs> I will also go to Yeasty Boys, which is the best bagel in Los Angeles. And I miss them, you guys, so much from New York because the bagels are true bagels. And out here they are, I, I don't know what they are, but Chetty Wap. Mm, and it's got bacon and cheddar. Yeah. <gasps> yeah so, bacon so, and so cheddar. Good. You know yeah. what is the best Delicious. about this? First of all, they're both super creative, like crossover mm-hmm. foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to be the owner of Yeasty Boys when he went in to trademark his business and put that down on a on a government forum and thought, this is awesome. I'm just feeling it's like so that would have been the best thing ever. Yeah, right? like he's this Jewish guy um, from L.A. who was missing bagels and then just decided, <sighs> no, he's from New York and I think lives in L.A. Um, and was missing bagels and so Yeasty Boys. It's like the most right. genius thing ever. It's it literally works. the most genius thing. Yeah, I love it. Ugh, it's too good. Okay, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Well, people, we hope you find clothes that fit you. <laughs> And we hope you find bagels that taste good because we get the small things in life and clothes that that fit in a good bagel can go the distance. It's the simple pleasures. I'll tell you what. (laughs) I tell you what. Well, today on part two of Shameless Plug, I'm excited to give a little bit of the inside view from my journey of all things writing and speaking and passions Um, because both Ashley and I have our hands in multiple things. Um, she sits on boards and she writes and she's got Substack and she is doing um, this beautiful Mentor Monday that obviously you all know during the summer it'll be on Tuesdays. Uh, but I was thinking of all the things that I've been been doing and had my hand at. I think one thing that so many women can identify with is just imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. it's so hard to put yourself out there when you feel like someone else is doing it and someone else is doing it better. Um, And for a girl like me who never had mirrors in her life, I never saw other South Asian women out there doing the dang thing, let alone doing what I saw myself doing or Mm -hmm. where my gifts, um, where my gifts lie. And for the past, goodness, mm, 10 years, uh, I really, really, really butt in chair pursued writing and just really putting pen to paper or fingertips to keyboard. Uh, And I remember, Ashley, uh, when I was full-time pastor at a church, and I was sitting outside at a staff meeting. It was a sunny day, which is, you know, rare here. Right. (laughs) And and I remember thinking, nobody's going to hand this to me. If I want this, I got to... I got to I got to go after this. Nobody's just going around handing out your dreams and hopes to come true. Like if this is something you love, you also have to be responsible to steward that love. And and it really just took me on a journey after um, I had Kingston. When he was six weeks old, I started my first blog. It was called Learn How to Mom. Loved it so much. And it was all things mommy. Now, listen to me. I had no business having a mommy blog with a six week old and a four year old. But I did it anyway because I was just doing my own thing and I was having fun and I was so diligent and I was I think I was posting three times a week back then like with a little one that is so uh, much blogging it's so much blogging back in the day it really so wasn't because we didn't have social media yet so I guess it was yeah. a little easier then yeah I mean Instagram had barely started and blogging really was still the thing um this is gosh yeah this is a minute ago y'all so 
we're thinking, I'm thinking 2011, 2012, um, and really, really, really put it in, put in the work for it, um, that I started, uh, blogging. But then of course, when baby came along, I really started to take it seriously. So I'd already been doing it for probably three years. And I remember the first time, um, 275 people read a blog post and I about lost my mind. Actually, I was, right. I went and got myself a coffee cause I thought to myself, <laughs> yeah. my words mattered enough for somebody to share it with somebody else. Right. It impacted someone enough. And it just was this idea that words do change worlds and it matters. And anyone can do this when they put goodness out in the world. And when they have a clear beginning, middle and end, and they're bringing people along on the journey and just wanting so bad to steward that well over the years. And the bullseye for me has always been women encouraging and empowering women to walk in the fullness of God. That has always been what gets me up in the morning. It's the reason I'm so obsessed with women's history and um, what women can do and how they can change the world. It's inspired all of my books and Bible studies, but particularly the last one of Pray Tell. So that was where things started. And then um, was was excited when I was able to pursue publishing. And I, I mean, after I think I pitched to probably, I think it was 24 agents and or small publishing houses that, that you could approach without an agent. And I got rejection letters for all 24 of them. And that yeah. did not deter me at all because I was like, nope, this is what they said would happen on Pinterest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because, okay, girl, I didn't have anybody in my world who was right. in the writing world. Totally. I didn't know a soul. And back I'm, then, Pinterest was like the go-to place to learn it was everything. Like everything. about Everything. Even just how to maximize your blog, you know, like all the things, how to find your audience, how to grow your audience, all that, all those things. Um, And I and like you with I think also just having the heart of a shepherd wanting so badly not to feel so pitchy and look what I can do for you. But more of like, how can I serve you? How are we in this together? We're both in the trenches and this is hard and God is good and we can do this. So with that, um, with that, with that disposition, it, it really helped keep me. Um, true to who I am and true to how I want to serve women and also empower women, encourage and challenge what's been and challenge the status quo and challenge how we treat women um, because it's not great and it can be better. And we're all helping architect spaces and places that can improve that. So I would say I, I feel like it's gotten more narrow as time goes on, which I'm sure is true for any uh, writer or speaker. And for me, I mean, again, just being totally transparent to all y'all. Uh, being a brown woman on the speaking circuit, on the Christian evangelical speaking circuit is a very, very lonely, isolating experience. And you're equal parts trying to play by the rules set by people who didn't have you in the mind from beginning. And you're also trying to ensure that you're not offending anyone and making sure that they feel at peace. So they're not, so they're still willing to listen to your message. Right. And I also think that is again, something to steward because I got invited in the first place. So I'm going to take that as a sign that I can bring them along in a journey and can give them a fresh perspective um, to somebody's journey to faith and, and journey with the Lord. So, um, it's definitely been a lot of growing pains. Ashley hears all my late night voice memos about these, but I'm proud of how far I've come and I'm proud of um, what I've learned, the lessons I've learned. And, I, and I've really come to this place that I don't think I'm alone, whether you're brown, black, white, um, East Asian, Latin, wh- wh- whatever, whatever ethnic 
minority. Again, we are part of the global majority, FYF. So I just want all, all those people listening to remember that brown is everywhere else in the world. But uh, it's good to be reminded that we all need this. We all need these fresh perspectives. I think we can become our fullest selves when we are willing to listen to others who are different from us. It's more than proximity. It's engagement and reciprocity. And that's something foundational to why, though. So if you've been here for five milliseconds, you know that. Um, but with that said, that's kind of where I'm headed next is continuing to really address the intersection of justice, faith, and women. That is my passion. That is what, it, you know, on my dying day, I want to say that I empowered women to architect a world where all God's children are valued, not just only other women, but men and children as well. And equipping women to do that um, is my lot in life. And I'm committed to my unique expression, whether that be through books. My first book, Never Alone, is kind of my story of abandonment and it ends with Jericho's adoption and all those feelings we go through. You might not have that experience, but we all go through loneliness and isolation and depression and anxiety. And it kind of just names the myriad of experiences we all have and puts language to them. My second one is uh, Dreams for the Underdog, She Dreams, and all about the women in history and the uh, people in scripture who were the least likely to walk into something that would benefit others. But a true dream always benefits others. It always lifts others up. Um, and then, of course, Pray Tell is all about abusive power to women's expense and how we can change that um, down to the cellular level in systems and places and spaces that we occupy. Um, and what I'm excited to share about today, not only that, uh, my shameless plug is I am inviting about 20 women starting this fall to just journey alongside of me. And we're going to, it's called the resistorhood, which I've told Ashley this title and she was such a raving fan. So I'm excited to share it with y'all, but to join the resistorhood and it's a community based not on proximity, but on reciprocity and mutual flourishing. It is committed to unpacking all things uh, patriarchy and power and our practices and our rhythms and the history of women's place in church and culture and what that means for us today, because so many of us are operating and acting in places and spaces based on things that have happened that we don't even realize that are the fabric of our culture and the way we do things. And how can we not only build upon the past, but build lives and flourishing that benefit all. So I'm excited um, in the resistorhood. It's going to be about a six month um, journey together starting in September where um, you're going to hear from other leading voices on mental health and emotional intelligence and um, women's history and um, so many other incredible, amazing things that we are going to cover. Uh, leadership in your space and um, got some exciting friends who've signed on to to join us for those. So I'm excited. It's it's really for women who want to want to go more. Maybe they haven't found their place in space um, in right where they're at, but they know they have gifts and calling and are ready to dive in and dig in with what they do know and help make sense of what's going on in the world so they can make the world a better place for all women. That is, that's really um, who I'm excited to walk alongside and journey with. And another thing we're really going to unpack is the intersection of <laughs> feminism and race and how that affects us all. So really taking an intersectional lens to all of it, which is really um, was my aim in Pray Tell as well. So 
It's, and then it's going to end um, with getting together here in the Pacific Northwest, a nice little retreat where everybody can meet each other. We can journey together and celebrate all God's done and where we're headed next. And that is that is what I'm excited. So in the show notes, there'll be a little if interest form. If this is something that tickles your ears and thinks you might want to join, um, there'll be space for that. I love that, Tiffany. It's so exciting to see what's going to come out of that. And I know this is something that you've been wanting to do for a really long time. And I think something, if you don't know this about Tiffany, because probably most of you listening know Tiffany in this sort of like public influencer space. And I think that one thing that's really remarkable about Tiffany and that has always been true is that she is such a, um, a mentor and a discipler and someone mm-hmm. who likes to journey with people in mm-hmm. reciprocity. Um, and that's something that she is so good at, um, to be able to get up close and um, add proximity to your, your connection with Tiffany, I think would greatly benefit you um, because she, she really gets in there and she'll dig in with you and do the hard work and cheer you on and champion your dreams and what you wanna do with your life. I think it's, it's a really remarkable opportunity. Oh, thanks, friend. Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like in this season of life, after 15 years of leadership, 15 years of working and serving women from all spaces and and, you know, speaking to women, writing for women, I really, really, really am eager to, as you said, go the distance with a handful um, where we can unpack and dive in and examine and sometimes feedback and having someone else speak into those spaces um, can make all the difference. And honestly, Ashley, I can't imagine on on the beginning of my journey or where I was even 5, 10, 15 years ago, what this would have meant to me to have something like this where I could have journeyed. You know, I was on staff at a church with all men. Right. And most of them were in their 50s and 60s and they're all white. And so as this young woman of color, hungry, hungry to learn alongside women who could sharpen me, I would have I would have given my left arm. No, I'm left handed. I would have given my right arm for (laughs) sure. (laughs) Yeah. And you also, I feel like, have this really unique perspective on the world, too, because of all the different spaces that you've been a part of. And. I think that that'll add an interesting component because, you know, if, if you've maybe heard Tiffany share in different environments, you might not be sure like, hey, can I connect to all the different parts of this? And the answer to that is yes, absolutely. Mm. You can, because she has had so many unique experiences in the world that that makes her able to help you in whatever space that you're in. And I think that yeah. that's what's really cool about this. Um, and so I'm really excited to see what comes out of it. It's really, really cool. And resistorhood is fab. I love everything Mm. about it, as you know. (laughs) A sisterhood of resistance. Yes. It's a, it really, just as you said, a mentorship opportunity and one that I'm going to leave it all on the field. I'm not going to, I'm going to give you all I have, y'all. So if that interests you, I'd love to have you join us. So fun. Well, thank you guys for joining us for our shameless plug series. We will not be back next week telling you more shameless things that we want to plug, but we are very excited that you are on the Why Though journey with us. We love being able to come into your car or Mm. your walk or your drive, whatever it is that you're doing when you listen. We're so happy to be a part of your life and a part of your story and a part of your journey. So reach out anytime to message us, connect with us and say hello. And we're glad you're here. Have a great week. See you then. Bye-bye. Hey listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.